This episode is brought to you by my book, Be Left Behind. Discover Bitcoin and cryptocurrency before your grandmother beats you to it. Available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. I know it sounds kind of cheeky, but if you're honestly interested in getting started in the Bitcoin cryptocurrency world and don't know where to start, this is the perfect book to start. As one of our Amazon reviewers just said, this book is the easiest way around to get quick education in crypto. Written in a breezy, easy to comprehend style, it's a must read to those new to the space. And of course, I perfectly uh, agree with all of those things. Uh, available again on Amazon, anywhere books are sold. If you're also interested in getting more details, you can contact me directly. Also, my co-author and I are doing a weekly chat on Clubhouse. So just find me on Clubhouse and we'll talk all about Bitcoin every single week. This episode is brought to you by MeetFox.com. MeetFox is the simplest solution to interact with your clients online and to monetize your online meetings. It's very easy to use. I've been taking advantage of it recently. It has a fully web-based system, no tech skills required. You can schedule all of your meetings through one simple click. It's linked to your calendar. Use their online system for your meetings. Get instant payments, automatic invoicing. Truly simple, easy to use. That's meetfox.com. If you use the promo code YURI at checkout, you will receive two months to test out all of their programs absolutely free. And if you want to hear more about what MeFox is all about, check out episode 202, where I interview the co-founder about why they started this wonderful company. Again, that's meetfox.com. Use the promo code YURI at checkout to receive two months absolutely free. Welcome to Advance Your Art. If you are interested in making money from your art, using your artistic background to your advantage when switching careers, or if you are just plain stuck, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yorika Talbo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Today, I'm sitting down with Tatiana Sawyer, CPA and founder of Linza Advisors. Tatiana, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Yuri. It's so great to be on your show. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, it is my pleasure. So where are you located right now? I'm in uh, the New York um, suburb, New York area. Mm-hmm. And how are how how is that going right now in the in the you know the midst of our pandemic? It's actually not that bad. It's actually New York City uh, is mostly the area that's really affected and has some has is seeing some growth mm-hmm. of the virus spread, but um, it's nothing compared to what we experienced in the spring. Sure. Okay. Well, that's that's good to hear. Things are on the better. Okay. So um, for my listeners who are less familiar with you and what you do, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Uh, well, I usually introduce myself as an author and a visionary CPA <laughs> and also a numbers expert. Yeah. Well, great. So let's, um, so let's dig into that a little bit. Let's, let's talk about the CPA part of it. What initially made you want to become a CPA? You know, it's interesting, but it was 
uh, my college, Hunter College um, in New York City, uh, that uh, really brainwashed me to sit for the exam. <laughs> Initially, when I, um, when I was 14, I found out what the word lawyer means. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. So for the next 10 years, I was obsessed with um, becoming a lawyer and uh, I'm from Belarus and mm -hmm. in Belarus, the law degree is sort of a combo between an, an undergrad and a grad degree. So I went to law school for two years and then um, came to the United States and wanted to pursue a law school, but here I needed to complete the bachelor's first. So mm -hmm. um, it, during my bachelor's studies, I needed to pick a major that would um, help me survive financially and uh, provide me with a skill. Mm -hmm. So I picked accounting. And when I was studying accounting, the professors were like, well, if you um, are studying accounting, you might as well just sit for the CPA exam. So I thought, mm, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah. So kind of in the, in, in, the, in the process, I fell in love with accounting. I got really good at it. And, and that's where this whole thing started. <laughs> Great. So then it, it looks like then you had kind of a, a more traditional accounting career working for different, you know, firms. What made you decide to stop working for a firm and then start your own company? So um, when I was, I actually did this, um, this whole career path sort of backwards. Well, not backwards, but kind of like in a weird way. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, went to school and because I needed to support myself financially, I had to work. So um, I got a job as a full-time bookkeeper for about a year at a plumbing company. And um, in, in the meantime, I was also going to school and learning the accounting basics. So I was learning the theory in class and applying it at work, um, which was phenomenal, which was just, it made it all alive and, and, um, and I got it right away. So then a year later, I needed to pursue school because the rules for the CPA licensure were changing. So my job, my full-time job could never, not, not, no longer accommodate um, that schedule. And so what I did is I quit the job and I kind of found five little jobs. So small businesses who didn't need me for a whole week, but someone who needed me for um, three hours a day, once a week or half a day or a full day. So I found five of those companies so that I can manage my schedule. Mm -hmm. And that actually basically introduced me to this world of, being your own boss. Um, and I knew that once I finish college, I will need to go for, to work for a CPA firm because that's what you need for your license. And I was sort of not upset, but sort of, uh, okay, I just have to, it's kind of a necessary evil. I just have to do it, mm -hmm. you know, suck it up and, and do it. And so as I went to work for a CPA firm, I went to a very small farm, which was phenomenal because at a large firm, when you, when an accountant graduates and goes to a large firm, they do spreadsheets and little pieces of tasks. Um, in a small firm, you're thrown into the water and kind of learn to swim as you, as, as you, you go along. And that's what happened to me. So I learned tax um, preparation um, at a firm. And I also kept a couple of my clients, um, bookkeeping clients on the side. So by the end of the first year at a firm, I realized that I will always want to be my own boss mm -hmm. there's just it's just there's just nothing like it and that path was right for me so i stayed at the firm for another year and a half and when i got pregnant i realized that you know i don't want to put the child uh, my child through the stress of tax season because during tax season accountants work like crazy 
yeah. crazy hours, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And it's extremely stressful on your mind and your body. So I quit my firm and I started my own tax practice. And I started with, you know, offering accounting and bookkeeping services and tax preparation. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is history. <laughs> Great. Where did the, the, the name of your company come from? So Linzim in Russian uh, means a lens. So looking at something close up and seeing all the details and all the moving parts. Uh, so that's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. We accountants have to be extremely attentive to detail and um, take everything into consideration. And that's where the idea came from. Yeah. Oh, great. So it, it, it looks like nowadays your company definitely has expanded from just an, um, let's say a traditional accounting firm. How did you start introducing those transitions and why did you decide to expand from just a traditional accounting firm to what you do now? You know, it's actually a very interesting story. Um, uh, it, it kind of happened, it was prompted. Um, mm -hmm. This change was prompted. Um, I won an award from Intuit. Um, I made it to the top 15 of the Firm of the Future contest mm -hmm. um, in 2018. And I realized that if I wanted to be free, having, you know, just having a one woman firm wouldn't really serve that purpose. I would never be free. Hmm. So I um, hired a, I went through a couple of coaching programs. One was a technical tax. Another one was just time, not time management, but more efficiency and processes and, and so on and so forth. And, um, also added a couple of other skills like price psychology, proactive tax planning, so that we actually work with clients throughout the year to lower their taxes. Because when the year is over and you're filing for the prior year, it's too late to really incorporate any legal strategies. All you do is kind of try to uh, reduce the taxes a little bit, but mm -hmm. the real strategy happens throughout the year. So I've added these skills to my, to my toolbox and um, have now switched to servicing clients on a regular basis. It's, it has now more to do with coaching than anything else. Hmm. Yes, I do the work for them, but I also help them set their financial goals, mm -hmm. understand what's manageable and what's not, how to manage debt, how to reduce it, how to be profitable, how to stay profitable, how to make your business pandemic proof. Um, and that has been the most rewarding piece of my work in the past two or three years, because those aha moments, those moments where clients feel grateful for me because I help them get to their goals, goals that they never really realized they had, their deep desires and their, and their dreams is just priceless for mm -hmm. me as an accountant. So I became a real advisor to businesses mm -hmm. and it kind of happened because of the extra trainings and other things and just switching your mindset. So I'm the traditional firm accounting firm, you know, in order for you as an accountant to make a solid um, living, you have to have three to 400 clients that ha use you for once a year tax preparation. And when you have three to 400 clients, there's no way you can actually spend more than a couple of hours on each of them a year, especially during tax season, especially when, when it's needed. Um, and what happens is that people think clients think that they're getting some tax planning advice, but what really happens is that nobody spends time thinking, Oh, they should really 
convert their entity to something else, or they mm. should really hire their family, or they should really um, have a, a, a medical expense reimbursement plan, or have a multi-entity structure. Nobody really puts a, you know kind of too much thought into it because there's physically no time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is that people think that they're getting the service, but they really aren't. And my firm, um, I actually want to work with less clients and less people, but in a more meaningful way, mm-hmm. in a way that actually helps them take their business and their dream to the next level. Yeah. So, so with that, um, so if, you know, somebody listening to this podcast who's interested in, let's say, starting a new company or they're in the early days of starting a new company. What are some critical decisions that you recommend your clients do in the early days to make sure they have a more successful start? Yeah, um, and that kind of uh, there is the reason that I wrote the book that we'll talk about in a little bit, but mm-hmm. the questions are usually about the same for everyone who has a business idea, who wanna try things out and see how it goes. Um, and the decisions that, those folks should focus on are one, whether or not you're partnering up with someone. I mean, it seems like an easy or simple or maybe unimportant uh, point or yeah, point, I guess, item, but it's actually a critical one because honestly, in my practice, I've seen, I've seen so many bad partner breakups Mm -hmm. that it's just, it breaks my heart every time. And um, I have a chapter in my book talking about partners, there are maybe two or three situations where like I would support someone having a business partner, but um, kind of making the decision and not taking it lightly is step number one. Um, Also, um, when people think of startups, they often think about investors, but small businesses, they're not looking, they're not tech startups. They could have investors as well. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is that in my book, I share a story uh, of my client who had us started a, a, his firm in 2012 and um, his idea evolved since then but he was in the first few years actively looking for investor capital he's learned a lot about it he basically figured out where to look how to pitch how to talk to investors and I never supported this idea of everyone looking for an investor. But when I interviewed him for my book, I, I actually learned and I agree with him that everyone should have, should find one person ready to write your check for your business idea. Because if that happens, that means your business idea is viable mm-hmm. and it's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's step number two. Um, then, so running the numbers is part of that, obviously. And um, that's kind of an important step does your idea make sense? Does the math work? Um, then we go into the actual starting of the business. And the most common question is, oh, should I just form an LLC? Well, wait a second. LLCs are, I have a love-hate relationship with LLCs because <laughs> LLCs are recommended by Google, by uh, most attorneys. And from a tax perspective, they are the worst because that's where you pay the most amount of tax. However, you can also convert an LLC to something else easier than any other entity. Hmm. So they're good and bad. So it's kind of like a scale. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So that's kind of decision number three. Mm -hmm. 
probably, yeah. So those three are the basic things that someone who wants to start something or try things out should think about. And okay. the word about LLCs and entities, yeah. um, just, you know, LLCs, yes, they're the worst from a tax perspective. However, uh, when someone is starting out and they're not sure if this will work, um, LLC could be the ticket because first it doesn't require a separate tax filing. So all of the information from your LLC goes into your own personal tax return. So you don't have to spend money paying for a separate tax filing uh, when the time comes. Let's mm -hmm. say if you've invested some money, maybe you know in, in the beginning it's a loss, you haven't generated a revenue, you wanna take advantage of that loss. That's where an LLC would work best. And then okay. as soon as you start making money, you convert it to something else with a tax planner. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's good to know. So let's let's get into your book then. So you you wrote the book, Dream Bold, Start Smart. What made you want to write a book? There are two things really. Number one is, I just was heartbroken seeing folks who come to me for service, and they've already at the time have wasted a lot of money because they didn't have a clear um, roadmap. Mm -hmm. They've maybe hired an attorney, spend a couple of thousand there. They've hired something, someone else, spend a couple of thousand there. And then their idea doesn't work. Or um, maybe they, they messed up. They got a notice from an IRS, somebody from the IRS or something. So they come to me already heartbroken. And I know when I look at their information, I, I feel like all of these things could have been avoided. But there's so much information out there. There is Google, there is LegalZoom, there are all these websites that, and all, all the different professionals telling you all the different things, that it's no wonder that there's so, there's so much going on and people don't have a clear understanding of what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, after all, people who are starting businesses are not accountants necessarily, right. or related to accounting or taxes or numbers in any way and so it's not their fault uh, but it is our fault and our responsibility as accountants to teach people to do it better but sometimes uh, we clients come to us when it's already kind of too late for that mm -hmm. so I wanted to write a book to provide that roadmap to provide a kind of a, a solid foundation so that someone who wants to start something can know what to do and understand what they need to know in order to get there, in order to not fail and in order to not lose money. Mm -hmm. And the second reason is that I've gotten to a point in my practice where working with me is costly, expensive, um, because it requires a lot of my involvement and a lot of my time. And I wanted, but the people who are starting out are the ones who, who need my expertise most. So I wanted to write a book to make my expertise accessible and affordable to more people so that it serves two uh, groups of people. One, it serves the audience. It serves people who are starting out, who do need the confidence in um, starting something that's meaningful for them um, and doing it right and avoid the wasted money and avoid the anxiety that comes with it and have a solid plan and a solid foundation when they're starting out. And 
Uh, number two is accountants. Because what happens is if someone starts a business and let's say they want to save money, so they do their own bookkeeping, they get a piece of software and they start doing their bookkeeping, categorizing transactions and setting up accounts and, and so on and so forth. What happens is that normally within six to eight months, it becomes a mess mm. because they're not accountants. Um, and accountants end up doing what's called a cleanup engagement. Well, the client has to pay for it. And the accountants normally usually um, dislike very much doing the cleanup work. So if we could eliminate that piece, if people would start smart and skip that, the accountants would be more helpful and, and provide more meaningful advice to the client. And you as a client would actually be able to afford an accountant who is a true advisor to you and your business. Hmm. Great, great, great. That's good to know. And when, so with your book, uh, when does it officially come out? So the book is launching in March, uh, but it's available for pre-order in January. So right around now. <laughs> okay, wonderful. <laughs> so I, I want to talk about what's happening with the pandemic right now. So that's, it's affecting a lot of businesses um, in all different industries. So what, what are some things that you're advising your clients to do so that they can, you know, survive and, and keep going through the, this difficult time? What I start with is there's something called a crisis response curve. The crisis response curve kind of starts high and kind of goes down and then kind of levels out and, and starts trending upward. If you can kind of picture it, um, it's a fairly simple, you know, curve. So the first point, the high point is where the business is. And then let's say the pandemic happened and people were in shock. So that first stage is a state of shock. And the next step kind of going down is the um, desperate action step. And then the bottom is the evaluation stage. So with the, when the pandemic happened, many people were in shock and stayed in shock for, for some time. And then maybe made some desperate moves. Businesses closed down, uh, restaurants closed down, even though they could switch to delivery only or takeout only or that kind of stuff. And all of that kind of still damaged the business. Then some of them got, have gotten to that evaluation stage. And then the next step after that is deliberate action. So the evaluation and deliberate action steps are strategic and take a little bit of planning and a little bit of pivoting, which is kind of a, kind of an overused word this year, but are in this in this pandemic, but it's it's the truth. Businesses pivot, um, start pivoting when they've evaluated the situation, when they've evaluated their options, and then start taking deliberate action to bring them back into the business. So what, what I advised my clients and worked with my clients on was you know dealing with the stimulus applications and moving them out of state of shock and desperate measures into the evaluation stage as, as fast as possible mm -hmm. to, to minimize the damage to the, to the company, to um, kind of switch their mindset, shift their mindset to the evaluation uh, of their options and what to do next. That has been the most impactful strategy this year with, you know, with the pandemic and everything with clients. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it's, 
I I like the very you know logical step forward kind of approach to it. But how how do you advise clients and work with clients when fear is something that is overwhelming? You know, particularly at this you know during the pandemic. But how do you how do you work with them to approach fear and uncertainty and and get past it? So we typically evaluate our risks, and that's what I've done with with my VIP clients um, when this whole journey started <laughs> in March. Uh, we evaluated the resources that we've had, we have the risks mm -hmm. that are potentially um, that potentially could happen, and how if they were to happen, what the damage would be, and how would we manage it? Do we have the cash? Do we have the line of credit? Do we have uh, Plan B? Mm -hmm. Knowing that alone, awareness builds confidence. And many of my clients actually, uh, I work with some of the best CEOs, um, at least that I've encountered in my career. And many of them were like actually calming me down. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's what I want. I want them to be confident, so confident that they actually tell me, don't worry, I got this. <laughs> and to get them to that point, it takes a lot of work and a lot of just kind of facing it. So my mantra is don't fake it till you make it, face it and face it early and often when it comes to numbers and money and taxes. So with clients, it was about, let's look at a pessimistic projection for the next five months. How much cash are we going to have if things don't go at all as we planned? Okay. How about we look at optimistic? How will our cash bottom line will look like if they, if things do go as we planned. And basically that's what the starting point for most of my clients. That's how we've worked through it. Yes, I did have clients who were freaking out. I did have clients who were depressed, um, not clinically uh, diagnosed, but depressed, um, were feeling down, were feeling pessimistic. But just talking about it, looking at scenarios, looking at risks brought them back. It took a little bit of time but it brought them back to, okay, you know what? Let's see what we can do. So one of my clients um, was mostly a wholesale business. Um, High-end dresses uh, sold to department stores and, and online retailers. And for them, as soon as this happened, a lot of their um, clients has, have canceled orders, some of which were already produced. So naturally, the client was feeling down and and very pessimistic and they were like the business is over like a month ago we were thinking you know we're hiring people and and thinking that the world is ours but now we're like we don't know what's going to happen by the end of this year and this prompted them to launch a website and to sell b2c which was amazing because it's a completely different approach to a clothing brand it's a completely different business model and business structure so yes, it required some adjustment. It required some, um, some uh, feeling down and going through the pessimistic scenarios, but um, they've got out of it. And so can any, any business. I mean, not any business, airlines and, and, and hospitality industries were hit the hardest, but uh, many businesses have pivoted to, to very unprecedented levels, I would say. Yeah, okay, great. So, with everything that you have done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice that I ever received was not to burn bridges. 
it seems it seems simple, but it's not easy for everyone to do that, um, <laughs> to not burn bridges. But it has served me in many ways over the years. And um, naturally, my temperament is such that I am often inclined to just kind of burn all the bridges and stop all the relationship if the relationship is not working the way I want. But I have I've been proven time and time again that um, it's not a good strategy, mm-hmm. not at all, because it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the person that you're burning or the company that you're burning bridges with. Mm-hmm. There's always time, there's always space to collaborate. There's always space to uh, lift it to each other up. And that probably is the best advice that I've ever received. Excellent. Well, I mean, it's definitely fantastic advice because you never know when that relationship will come back again. Yeah. But yeah, so so Tatiana, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to, of course, buy your book or you know, um, hire you for services or just see what you're working on, where is the best place they can go for those? So for, so for all the updates, you can go to talktotatiana.com. It's the easiest way to reach me. All of the resources free um, and um, my programs are listed there. And my book pre-order is available on Amazon. So you can connect with me that way. Fantastic. And I will put that in the show notes so people can click right through. Well, again, thank you so much, Tatiana. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Yuri, for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you like this episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating, like, and share with a friend. Our theme music is written and mixed by Chicago-based composer Ryan Black of Blackbones Collaborative. To listen to the full catalog of our episodes, go to advanceyourart.com. To see what I'm working on or book a time with me or buy a copy of my book, Be Left Behind, go to yuricataldo.com. Thank you so much and have a great day.